your mind. And uh, we're going to begin by by reading the scripture that we have for today, and then I'll share with you. It's in the Matthew chapter 10, beginning with verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commended them, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter you not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils freely. You have received freely. Give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script of your journey, neither two coats neither shoes nor not yet staffs for the workman is worthy of his meat and into whatsoever city or town you shall enter inquire who is in who, who it is worthy and thereby abide till there abide till you can go tense or you go forward and when you come into a house salute and say it if the house be worthy of the salute, let it let your peace come upon it. But it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And, and whatsoever shall not shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that, that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you. It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of the judgment than for that city. Now, let me just simply stop now and, and, and begin to take this apart. And so I've been sharing with you that the vocal gift of prophetic, that when, I, when you refer to the Scriptures about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, it has nothing to do with the prophet. The prophet is an office of ministry that Paul instituted in the beginning of the church, such as uh, uh, teachers and pastors uh, and evangelists and, of course, the, the prophets and, and the apostles. So these five are, are, are offices of ministry. The, the, what I'm referring to here is the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And, and, and there are three, the vocal of them, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. This prophecy there has nothing to do with the prophet. It has to do with prophesying, edifying, comfort, building, encouraging. So in that mode of thought, in that way to understand it, which is really important, because if you see a different way, personal prophecy begins to be infiltrated in the life of the church, and if it is treated as a gift of the Holy Spirit... It has to be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it cannot be another way. It has to be that way. And so, the first, the first rule here is Matthew ten five. It says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commended them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles or to any city of the Samaritans. In John chapter, in, in John, in John chapter 1, Verse 8, it says, You shall receive the, the power where the Holy Spirit has come, receive power from the Holy Spirit, 
and he shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so there are two arms of direction and boundary. The first one, uh, Jesus is saying, the house of Israel needs ministry now, and you don't depart from that. But when after Pentecost came, the, the door to the boundaries opened worldwide. You shall receive power, Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witness unto me in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you see there are two actual boundaries. One, the first boundary is to, for disciples, the twelve disciples were sent for, to operate under a, 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 an area that indicates the need of the moment. Now, why am I bringing this to you? I'm bringing this to you because... When, when the prophetic begins to work, and I'm going to show you how he's going to work in just a minute, uh, you, you're in the boundaries. For instance, you, you, you have a pastor in your church, and you say to them, the block uh, of street on 1200 to, to 1400 uh, all around belongs to you. And the pastor delegates authority and lays his hands. Everything done under the authority of the pastor in that environment, in that block of the city, is going to bear fruits. <coughs> God, God has proved that to me in my personal life. For instance, I was on the telephone with somebody here in the States, and uh, uh, and, and I'm talking to uh, I'm talking to uh, someone here in the States, and I heard a voice saying to me, "In the next ten years." You're going to stay on the district of Rio de Janeiro and work with Bishop Paul Lachman. That was a word of the Lord to me, specifically to me, without any any confusion. I was required to stay, and I did stay, and, and of course the fruits were, were, were many, many, many fruits. Uh, I, 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 five mission trips a year to, to, the, to the state of Rio, which now is the largest area of the United of the Methodist Church in Brazil. There are more more bishops elected with the, the delegates of that area than any other area in Brazil. And so boundaries. The prophetic operates under boundaries. Number two the prophetic of God is is operates <clears throat> under a clear purpose for the mission. Specific purpose. When you are going to minister to other people, uh, it's not something that you do uh, by yourself. Uh, in verse 7 and 8, it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. <coughs> Notice that it says, What are you supposed to preach? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so, Prophetic operates if God is saying to you, minister the second coming of Jesus Christ. Minister the, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you do that, then, then, of course, the prophetic works. But there is directive as to content and to area and what to do. And so you just stay in the environment. You begin doing what the Lord told you to do. And suddenly... The word kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom was rejected by Israel. So God is sending the disciples to say to the, to the Jewish of that community, the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning that Jesus would die, would be resurrected, would ascend into heaven. 
and the kingdom of God will be established for eternity. So, what are they supposed to do within uh, that, that command? Well, they're supposed to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. A monetary charge here is never to be made. Don't charge for the things of the kingdom of God, which I have respected and honored in this ministry, and we live by faith. Your contribution, what God tells you to give, is what we live on. So, number two, first is boundaries. Number two, it establishes a clear purpose and directive. It's not something that you come up with it. God will begin working in that parameter. God begin working in that environment, okay? Okay, let's go to the third one. The prophetic releases power for the mission. Power for the mission. Let me read uh, Matthew 28, 18. Now, Matthew 28, 18 is the great commandment. But I want to read so you can see. And Jesus came and spoke to them and saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the only only, only formula for water baptism given in the Word of God. I just read it to you. Okay, so, all power is released. Now, how does the power activate simply just as you begin to meet people and talk to people, the power of the Holy Spirit and you begin to be activated and begin to move forward. Amen? So let's go to number four. The prophetic follow out in no script. On verse 10 of chapter, chapter 10 of Matthew, it said, no script for your journey. Meaning that you're not organized with a piece of paper planning this trip to go this way and to go the other way. You simply are totally dependent on the Lord as to what to do. We do this in this ministry. Uh, our mission trips, the Lord tells us where to go and how to do it. And, and neither two coats, neither shoes. In other words, you don't carry a suitcase to provide for you. God wants to provide every little aspect of your going, in your journey. And so the prophetic releases power to... To do this type of thing, imagine that uh, no script involved, no direction involved, no purpose involved. You're just free, waiting for the Lord to move within that boundary, under the power, the purpose, clearly uh, releasing all the power of God when you move, and, and no script, no, no organization. Because a prophetic cannot organize what's supposed to be said and supposed to be do, because it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit when God decides to do it. Let me tell you uh, uh, an interesting story. Uh, I met a man on a, on a line of prayer. He was about the 15th people on that line of prayer. And uh, uh, when it came to him, I said, God is going to give you $133,000 to pay your late bills. Well, you see, I heard that there, and I said it. Well, the next two or three days, somebody came to him, a Jewish man, and gave him that money as a gift. So what I'm saying to you is simply this. 
The prophetic cannot be surrounded by organizational skills and, and, and causing you to prepare and cause it to happen. It, it, it catches you by surprise. It comes from the left field. You never heard it before. It's something God uses your mouth and say it. And so, and so that is uh, number four. First, so let me repeat, no boundaries. In other words, it operates in boundaries. God, God tells you the area, the place where you're going to be and how to do it. And he's saying here, the Jewish is first, don't go into the Gentile's house. Second, it talks about uh, the clear purpose. You're going to sick, pray for the, the sick, the lepers, raise the dead, the, and that type of thing. And then, and then third, I said the prophetic releases power. All power is released when you are within the rules of the prophetic. And number four, no script, no preparation. No preparation, no previous preparation. Now, let me go to number five. I hope this is getting you, uh, Andy. Is this coming to, coming clear? Yes. Okay. Okay, let's go to number five. Is that right? Number five. It says, the house must be worthy. The receiving end where the prophetic op- operates has to be received without resistance. Because as you begin to vocalize your faith to others, you've got to know if it's been received, which is one of the biggest mistakes of people who pray for other people. When you lay hands on someone, you don't press the head, you don't push it, you simply touch gently the forehead, and, you, and, and, and as you touch the forehead, uh, you, you begin to ask the Lord, uh, Father God, are they receiving? 10.13 and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. What do you mean by that? The power, the anointing. Peace means the power, the anointing. You've got to pay attention, okay? Now, sometimes as you put your hand on the person's head, you're going to notice the movement of the hands going forward. You're going to move the fingers pressing against each other. You're going to move the arms holding and pressing in and closing it up and and. and as if resisting, okay? As if resisting. Sometimes the resistance comes because they don't want to be touched and they begin to fight. That's resistance. Uh, people say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit Pentecostal power moving into the life of that person. I don't understand that way. When the Lord does not operate with body movement, the Lord does not have to operate with jumping, screaming, and shouting, falling on the floor, and yelling, all of that. All of that simply, simply simply just disrupts the flow of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying on verse uh, 13, And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. What he means by that, the peace that I bring as I begin to pray engulfs that person terribly. Now how did I learn that? Well, you know, doing this tunnel for about 30 years now or 40 years in this ministry means 15, 20 people on this side, 15 people in front of me looking to each other, and the people come right between it. And one of the things I've done, I've go back in there in the beginning, <coughs> and I see the resistance. And as the person that knows and understands prayer is sitting, is in the mouth of the tunnel, that person will know, for instance, I usually put, put Linda Hood down there, or if I put uh, Jim Hood down there, 
or I put uh, Jennifer Bauman in the beginning because as the resistance breaks, when they come up to the uh, end of the, of the tunnel, they're totally delivered and totally free. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding comes upon that person and tears flow and the arms are lifted. Sometimes the result of, of, of that situation is that there's a lot of resistance, a lot of screaming, a lot of hollow. So you have to take that person out of the tunnel into the corner somewhere to try to finish the ministry and deal with the problem. That's when we require a translator there, not in the tunnel, there. Because the expression of the Holy Spirit in the tunnel is more important than anything else. You don't have interviews about that. You need to know, see the, see the examples and begin to move. So if somebody falls down here, you move it up, put them in the back and let somebody pray. Now, it's falling a resistance attitude. Not, not really. It could be a spiritual attitude. But it disrupts the flow of the tunnel, disrupts the flow of the visit in that house. You don't pay attention to that. You pay attention who is in tears with their hands lifted up. And so, number five is very important. Let the peace return to you if something doesn't happen. What do you mean by that? You see, peace over here is actually saying power. And if you are in that tunnel, okay, you sweat, you're wet, you're praying, there's about a thousand people passing through, and we're praying until five-hour five services, and the Holy Spirit is just doing all kinds of things, okay? You've got to keep your mind focused on if the peace that you have is received or the peace that you have is returned to you. And sometimes you have to take it back. You just simply say, come Holy Spirit, pass on, and let the person go and let somebody deal with it before. So number five. Now let's go to number six. The prophetic word is to be respected. They receive it, not, if they do not, shake the dust out of your feet. Now, this verse 14 is a very powerful verse, okay? Now, I want to explain to you what do you mean by shaking the dust off your feet. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words. Now, listen to this. Who shall not receive you, it's your person. Not hear your words is your prophetic. The person in the prophetic has to be separate. In order to move in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you have to know what you have right to do and what you have no right to do. The two movements are totally different. <clears throat> when we come to rekindle the flame. There are 60 of our people in the line. All of them have been instructed in this way. They understand what I'm talking about. Why is important? It's because the shaking of the dust out of your feet is totally, completely disregard for what is happening in front of you. The peace has to be received. You have to do it. That is when we begin to deal with a demon. The demon expresses itself when the dust is shaken out of your feet. That's what he means. It means I can't do nothing for you. Father, there's something else. Now, in our ministry, this concept is very important. And I've taught this for the last 30, 40 years to you. That when you are on the line to pray for people, and, and, and you decided that the dust 
is to be shaken, it has to move. It means that somebody else on the team will have to take that person in the back and begin the ministry in the back and begin to do deliverance in the back. And, and so if we continue to pray for that person, it becomes disruptive. It becomes, it becomes out of order. You're out of your boundaries. You're not, you're not doing what the Lord wants to do. The Lord is giving you a signal that there's great resistance. You just shake. Don't touch anymore. Take your hands out and call the person in the back of the team to pull that person out and have deliverance. I've seen people taken in the back, having deliverance, getting in the line again and coming. I've seen people come in the line six times in a night. Sometimes six, seven times. The same person. Why? Because they have been delivered, been set free. So what is the shaking? The dust out of your feet is spiritual involvement. So let's, let's work one more time. And, 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 uh, and I'm going to uh, 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 read this scripture. If the house is worthy, uh, let your peace come upon it. If it's not worthy, let it return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, or hear my words. On, on verse 14, I, decide, I, I told you that you have to separate you from the Word. When you begin to do ministry to personal and pray for people, you need to know when the Holy Spirit is guiding you, telling you that your words are not being received. Look at this. Let me read it again. Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, meaning the prophetic that comes out of your mouth has to be received, and then you as a person detach yourself from that person, and that person needs to go toward deliverance. And when the deliverance happens, they return and they're set free. So, is that biblical? Well, Jesus, in terms of personal ministry and deliverance, did what he needed to do when, when Jairus came to Jesus. The Lord responded, yes. On the way there, a woman touched the hem of his garment. Power released. And he had to confront that woman to see that the peace that healed her is received by her. And he accomplished that purpose. In other words, our purpose is to bring the gospel to the, to the lost, to the sinner, to those that are, that are that are defeated, discouraged. And you have to allow the peace to do it. You need to know if the peace is received or not. So when you go to a mission trip with RBM, you're going to see that right in front of you. And right behind that line, there will be three or four women or men doing deliverance on people because you do not allow the devil to take priority in those cases. You have to separate the words from you. You need to know that the word that comes out of your mouth is greater than what you yourself think it is. In other words, I'm not concerned about, about you being, being uh, convinced. If, if, the, if the peace is not received, you need to know that you are responsible to take that person out of there and let somebody else do it. So, so two areas very important. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words mean the prophetic that comes out of your mouth. The prophetic that comes out of your mouth is one thing. You is another. You've got to separate both of them. Now let's go to uh, number six. The prophetic word is to be respected. They have to receive it. I already did that, verse 14. Okay? There are six principles, six rules of the Holy Spirit. We've got five minutes here and 19 seconds. And uh, it will continue uh, with verse 7. 
the prophetic, the, the experience of hearing from the Holy Spirit and recognizing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest problems in the life of the church. Because you put yourself up to be highly and mighty. Pride comes within you and you are on the altar and you're feeling like somehow you have a word to the congregation and you're being over spiritual. You will not ever smell the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Is that the way you think? And that's more powerful, that's more, more happening in the life of pastors than anybody else. It's not your prayer that is going to heal. It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit who's going to heal. If you don't separate the two, I, I told you, it's a mess. You are an empty, an empty uh, uh, bucket. There's no, no sound, no symbol. Because you're depending on your power and, and your anointing. You can't do that. So recognizing the prophetic is, is to be feared. Just as Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethesda. Remember, when Jesus referred to that, those three cities, He said, It will be more bearable in Sodom and Gomorrah than for you, uh, 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 Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethesda. So, if any person who rejects the manifestation of God, it brings them a curse. I'm not saying that uh, it's going to happen to you, but if you are going to do personal ministry and prayer for others, you've got to know that the, that, that the Holy Spirit has to manifest Himself. Let me give you an example. Uh, not too long ago, I have to make a decision as to do something very important in my life a decision that uh, would change the course of our ministry. And so I went to the hospital with this man, this pastor, and uh, this person in front of me is about to die, tubes everywhere, blood. And, and, and for some reason, the Lord said to me, touch her hands and squeeze her fingers, and I did. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know why I did that, but I know that that was a move of the Holy Spirit in, in, her, in the person's life, I begin to work her fingers and, uh, and asking God that the serving mother, she's a mother, was a mother of four children. And, and so I, I begin to do that. And then I put my hand on her forehead gently. And clearly the Holy Spirit said, take your, take your hands out. Put the pastor's hand on top of it. And then you put your hand. So here is what happened. The reason why the Lord told me to do that is that the healing there would come under the, the order and, and authority of the Holy Spirit and the life of the angel of the church, which is that man with me. I could not be me because I'm an evangelist. But I have to be under the order of the Holy Spirit because... The prophetic is very dangerous when you assume a place that does not belong to you. Does not belong to you. There are people in the congregation who comes in and begin to lay hand and speaking prophetically because they feel it. It's, it's not you. In other words, you need to be under the authority of the pastor before you do anything in terms of the Holy Spirit. And so, and so number seven is very important. Hope you're getting something out of that. We have a minute and 31 seconds. Let me go to number eight. Any prophetic ministry will be seen as derogatory utterances. Matthew 10:16. Listen to this. In other words, going out 
out of the authority of the local church or the, the, the pastor doing your thing in the life of the church. Look at this. Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be you therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. What do you mean by that? You have to know that the devil in this time of, of, of ministry is going to show up. And he's going to show up because you are so much filled up with, with yourself. Just because you have a Ph.D., it doesn't mean you can do any better than a Sunday school teacher. The reason why the Holy Spirit is doing what He's doing is because the manifestation of the... If you don't hear the manifestation, you can't recall the manifestation. You need to go back to, to, to English 101 because you should not be doing what you're doing. Amen? Okay. Uh, well, I guess I, I've, uh, I've uh, come to the end of this session. Uh, I think I covered about uh, eight principles. There are three more principles, and I'll do that tomorrow. The Lord bless you and minister to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.